What if you knew your animal better than anyone else, including your vet? What if you knew where to go for information covering a variety of different topics that allow you to choose the care you would like for the furry member of the family? What if this information can be found with even more ease than ever before? Get ready to listen, share, and question what animal care used to be and where it can go. Now, here's the host of Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show, Certified Animal Chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper. Welcome, welcome to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with me, Dr. Andy, your host. I am a Certified Animal Chiropractor, Access Consciousness Facilitator, and Animal Wizard. And I'm here today to invite you to information to empower you to know what you know about your animal. Um, today we're talking about the differences in training, um, training a puppy, training an adult dog, training a rescue dog, and what differences we can expect. And of course, we have our very own uh, special guest, Anna Malera, professional dog trainer, is back to help us with all those questions. Hi, Anna. Hello. I'm so excited to be here because I love the questions you have. <laughs> Yay. Um, Anna's been working with dogs and their families for almost two decades. She is a certified professional dog trainer um, and a member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers and a member of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. Phew. That's Ooh. a lot. Um, yeah. And throughout this hour, I invite you all to ask questions, um, share your animal stories, um, any training issues you might be having, um, we would love to hear from you um, and join us on this radio adventure. And you can reach us in a variety of ways. You can call them in at 815-880-8255 if you're in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, and in the U.K., 4433 you can Skype at a2zen.fm, and you can also chat them in, www.a2zen.fm, and along the top blue line, choose chat. Um, Anna can be reached directly um, by emailing her at anna at trainingwithgrace.com, or you can give her a call at 303-238-DOGS if you have anything after the show. So let's jump right in. Um, I bet there's some training differences. If you go and bring home an eight-week-old puppy or you go and you rescue, let's say, a two-year-old dog. Yeah. Yeah, there are quite a few. Uh, And I love this question because people ask this one all the time. And um, and as far as what's the difference in general, I often will say a dog is a dog is a dog is a dog. But there are tendencies, breed tendencies. There are... Uh, some challenges that come up simply because a dog has been maybe on the street for a while or uh, has come from a difficult situation. There are some issues that may may uh, come up. Uh, what I like to do is regardless of where my dog comes from, I like to basically have an evaluation period and I like to plug in training right from the beginning. I don't want to wait till I have problems and say, oh, these are the problems, now I'm going to address them. Uh, I like to go ahead and set boundaries right from the beginning. So um, I'm going to touch a little bit on each of the um, categories, if you will, uh, of where you can get a dog. So for um, uh, a lot of the dogs that I have re- have gotten, I've, I've gotten dogs from breeders, I've gotten dogs from uh, rescues, uh, shelters, found them on the street, and so on, um, not just for myself but uh, for clients. Uh, so I have experience with um, all of them and multiple experiences with all of them. So um, as far as if you were to get a dog from the shelter, let's say you get 
you know, a puppy from a shelter. You have more of a clean slate than if you were to get a nine-year-old dog from a shelter, right? So uh, there are some some things that you have to look at as far as age and experience. Uh, You might have a young dog that's very savvy, uh, you might have an older dog that has been very sheltered. So the, the, it really does um, vary from dog to dog. So any dog can be absolutely awesome, and any dog can have issues. So one of the misconceptions, um, one of the common misconceptions that I hear all the time is it's not the breed of the dog, it's how they're raised, or it's not the dog, it's how they're raised. Um, and that is uh, can hold some some truth, um, but there are uh, there are some things that you, you you can get a dog that is just not wired uh, uh, right, or or tends to come from um, a background, or or, or uh, I should say genetically is uh, comes from uh, a dog that may have already been experiencing aggression um, challenges. Um, with that said, you can even get a great friendly family dog that came with a rough background. So uh, I, I, I don't want to make this too difficult, but it is it is something that we, we can kind of figure these things out as we're out shopping for dogs or as we're uh, trying to figure this out and trying to figure out how we're going to raise um, and train a dog. So going back to shelter dogs. Uh, in general, um, one of the blanket statements that I'll make is that they're probably in the shelter for a reason, right? And what I mean by that is somebody's reason, even though uh, a reason might not be legitimate to someone, it might still be a reason, right? So a dog might be in the shelter because it's chewing up furniture. In my book, hey, you know, that's not a big deal. We train that. We work with that. Um, Where somebody else might say, oh, he pulls on leash all the time. And to me, again, that wouldn't bother me. That's something that I would train. Um, some some families might give up a dog because it's aggressive, aggressive towards children, aggressive towards other dogs. Um, and those things, again, for me, it wouldn't it wouldn't phase me as far as adopting a dog. What I can do you, look can, for. Can I jump mm-hmm, in real quick? And I, yes, I please. The, the 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 statement in the shelter for a reason. It can also mean that jo- dog dog may have actually chosen to run away from the mm-hmm. home it did live Absolutely. in. Absolutely. And actually may have chosen to go there to get a new home. So okay. I'm going to go outside the box a little bit. Or maybe the owners just had to move and they were mm-hmm. out of other choices. So it's not they are there for a reason, but it's not always 100% of the time because they were doing something. Sometimes other life circumstances occur. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I and I love that that um I I love the other uh um, points of view as far as that's concerned because there are so many reasons. I, I, I uh, One of my friends got her uh, Weimar on her and um, she said that one of the, one of the reasons listed on the um, return sheet or, or the, the surrender sheet was because the dog didn't match the furniture. Right, <laughs> which, uh, which, <laughs> which I thought was not the greatest reason. Oh, um, because Weimaraners but... come in plenty colors, right? <laughs> yeah. They come in gray. <laughs> they 
I'm in gray. Different shades so, um, of gray. Right. Um. And so and so she so she said, well, you know, I've got this one runner. I'm going to go ahead and and make sure that I, uh, um, you know, get a lot of gray furniture. So, uh, um, but anyway, yeah, no, I do appreciate that. I think that there are many many reasons. Uh, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as the 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 dog was found on the street, and and we come to find out later that you know the the dog must have gotten out through a open fence or something like that. After, um, and, you, and you work with a lot of rescues and shelters, and I've, I, I'll throw this in and then we'll let you get back to actual training, mm-hmm. but after six years of pretty much weekly going to an animal shelter, I came up with most dogs are there because of stupid owner syndrome, SOS. <laughs> Just stupid <laughs> owner sy- mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, either yeah, they didn't have the tools or the finances or, you know, you never know. But, Yeah. Yeah, I think that there are, and that really goes for really just about any kind of parenting for our animals, whether it is, whether it is uh, parenting our cat or our dog, young puppy, older dog, whatever. Um, sometimes people don't necessarily know what um, what they're getting themselves into when they get um, an animal, uh, and, and sometimes people will um, have had really, uh, um, for them, they would have had a really pleasant experience as, as far as raising a particular dog or, or dogs over the years, and then they uh, then they go and they adopt a dog, and they're like, whoa, this is not the same kind of dog that I had, you know, again and again and again, and sometimes they'll want to compare to the the previous dogs and, and they'll ultimately end up giving up. Um, especially the, if they especially the, if they're breed especially if they're breed specific. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had five other yeah. goldens and never had these issues. Well, exactly. you know exactly. Yeah. 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 And so each individual being is exactly that, an individual. Mm-hmm. So um, so as far as getting to know, that's, that's I think the more important piece is getting to know your animal when you're bringing them home. Uh, uh, so, so you have to decide, even before you bring your animal into your home, we want to decide, well, what are going to be my expectations? What are going to be my rules? What are going to be my boundaries before I even bring the dog home? And we want to have those decided. And then we also have to decide, well, where am I going to be flexible? Right? Where am I going to be flexible? Do Am I going to say, you know, no dogs on the couch and never pull on leash and you get dinner, you know, at this exact time? But when when will you decide, hmm, you know what, I think I'm going to be a little flexible with this one. I think I'm going to go ahead and let this one sleep in the bed with me or sleep on the couch or um you know, I've never created any of my other other dogs, but I am going to create this one because this one needs a little more support. So those those decisions really should be made even before the dog comes into the home, and then we want to be open to adjusting those um, according to what you have in front of you. Okay, so um, so and that really goes for. Um, really any dog, all right? The differences, and I want to make sure that I tackle some of these differences today. Um, <clears throat> shelter dogs in general, like I said, you know, they're there for a reason. Um, whatever that reason is, um, doesn't that, whatever that reason is or whatever that baggage is, doesn't mean, it doesn't, uh, just because they come with that baggage or that reason, doesn't mean that we have to keep that reason, all right? So just because a dog was aggressive, uh, in a certain situation or a dog bit someone doesn't mean that that baggage has to come with them. Generally, we're fi- we find that a dog that has issues often has those issues within their household and may have a tendency to continue with those issues if we don't give them the guidance that's necessary. Um, 
So for for example, um, my my youngest dog that I have um, came with some pretty severe aggression issues. He'd bite uh, any and all kinds of people um, and any all kinds of dogs, um, and and would pretty much hunt any cat or uh, squirrel or any uh, small critter. Uh, and um, and he has turned out to be. Um, an absolute joy. He is, sleeps in the bed with my daughter. Um, he's a snuggler on the couch. He's really super polite. He's really friendly, um, and he's really active, and he's fun. Are, are there still issues? Yes, absolutely there are still, still issues. There's leash reactivity. Um, I would say we've probably reduced it a good 85%. There are still some dogs that will trigger him, um, but he came in as what I like to call a total train wreck. Uh, of of uh, of emotional and behavioral issues, um, and so just because he came with all that doesn't mean that he has to keep all of that. So that I, I want to make sure that people really truly do understand that that is something that is um, very fixable, very adjustable, very manageable. Um, so. And that really goes for shelter dogs, rescue dogs, um, generally breeders. Um, for the most part, this again is a, one of those blanket statements because there are always exceptions to every rule. Um, breeders in general are not going to have too many dogs that have um, major issues like what I'm talking about with my with my dog. Um, however, there are some breeders that may have adopted or sold a dog to someone, and that dog may have deteriorated in their home, and then the family might have said, "Hey, you know, this dog isn't working out for us." we'd like to return the dog. And, and a, a good, reputable breeder, a responsible breeder, will take that dog back regardless of the issues. And so a breeder may want to rehome a dog like that, um, and, um, and, and that might be something that comes, you know, might be a dog that comes with issues. Okay. We've got a couple minutes till break, but I want to go yes. back to, to Tonka real mm-hmm. briefly, and that, that was your, your last rescue you were just talking about. Yes. But you had a laundry list of what was going on with him before he came into your home, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have tools to work with that laundry list, right? Absolutely. So I just so what if everyone's just really aware of what they can handle or can't handle mm-hmm. or have the finances to deal with or – or all of that, too. And what if that's a factor in choosing a dog? And what if it's okay that you don't take a dog that has a laundry list like that? Absolutely. Because you don't have time or you don't have the resources, and it's okay. Yeah, it is absolutely okay. You don't have to open up your do- your, your doors to every dog that comes your way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I haven't had one of those dogs find me. I don't, I don't generally have you don't call for them. That. I don't. Yeah. I don't have the quote-unquote time for that or, you know, I don't know who's going to find me next or what's going to happen in, you know, in so many years when maybe I, that dog's going to find me and we can work through stuff. So I just want everyone to go, you know, you don't have to, like, take every dog that shows up. Absolutely not. And, and I do choose to um, seek those dogs that have really mm-hmm. severe issues. I, I like working with those dogs. And I think at that point, the rest of your pack was doing really well, and you could do that with the Tonka. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Let's go to break, and then let's go back, and we'll go back and talk about puppies and their clean slate. Okay. Sounds good. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? 
By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me today with special guest, professional dog trainer, Anna Malera. She owns a training um, facility in Lakewood, Colorado. It's called Training with Grace. You can check out her website at trainingwithgrace.com. And we're going over the differences in training a puppy, training an adult dog, training a rescue dog. And we were going to go back to um, puppies here in, in just a second, but I want to invite everyone to join us with questions um, about your animals, any training issues you might be having that might be going on, um, and check out how easy you could do that at www.a2zen.fm and click on chat. You can just chat in a question real quick. You can always get a hold of me late, later at drandy at harpersridge.com or anna at anna at trainingwithgrace.com. So training a puppy, you might have what you called earlier a clean slate, you know, you get to teach them how to sit. You get to teach them not to go on the couch. You get to do, but you also have a puppy. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, so you might want to look at your family life and go, do you want to be up all night for a couple of weeks? Do you want to deal with the potty training part of it? And so, you know, you get this aspect when you get a puppy, but you also get this. Whereas maybe a two-year-old dog do get potty trained, maybe, not always a guarantee, housebroken that is. And all this other stuff, but maybe you're not up. You know, it, it, it's 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 going to work for you and your family. Um, but let's go back to your insights on training a puppy, that eight-week-old puppy that you brought home from yeah. a breeder wherever wherever puppies yeah. come from these yeah. days. So, so depending, yeah, wherever this puppy came from, um, there are uh, just because we get a brand new puppy, whether it's a uh, an eight-week-old puppy from a breeder uh, or a puppy that came from uh, a shelter, um, a stray dog that might have been picked up with a litter of puppies and, and raised their puppies up to eight weeks old in a foster home or, or whatever other situation. Yes, in general, in general, as a blanket statement, yes, in general, this is going to be more of a clean slate or a cleaner slate. Uh, as far as training is concerned. Uh, there are many other factors that are, are involved. Uh, if you have um, a very uh, scared, fearful, nervous, aggressive, anything type parent uh, or, uh, that, that created this puppy, you might have some of that uh, going on with the puppy that you get home. Uh, so it does take time and patience to work with a, dog, with a puppy that might have issues to begin, begin with. But as a general you should have uh, 
you should have a pretty um, fairly clean slate. Um, as far as a clean slate is concerned, uh, we still want to make sure our boundaries that we set our boundaries early on. Uh, so. Uh, Examples, uh, if we are going to make the rule of no puppies on the couch, no dogs, no adult dogs on the couch, uh, we probably want to set those rules pretty early uh, and, and make sure that we're following them ourselves and not just making excuses because the puppy's so cute. Uh, and so um, uh, things like uh, jumping up on us. Well, we don't mind when they're little and they're cute and they're jumping on us and, and, and they're uh, adorable and fuzzy and we get down on the ground with them. Um, but when this eight-week-old golden retriever is jumping on you, you might not mind, but will you mind when this golden retriever is 70 pounds or 90 pounds and they're jumping on you? Uh, so, so I think it's important to look ahead and see what are, you gonna, are going to be your expectations of, uh, of these puppies once they get older. Um, when I did that, mm-hmm. I so did that 12 and a half years ago <laughs> when I had my cute 10-week-old standard poodle. I put him in the kennel and he cried. And I'm like, oh, I took him out. The next night I put him in the kennel and he cried. Oh, I took him out. And he refused to go in a kennel until he was about 10 years old. And then he he thought soft-crated kennels were okay. But that actually made things difficult. Like if I needed someone to come in and fix something in the house, I had to be there. He wouldn't let him in the house. I mean, I I since then crate train all my dogs, and they don't get yeah. away with that so much with me. But yeah, because yeah, he was cute and he was sad. And oh, he missed, you know, all of this stuff yes. before I knew what was going to happen when he turned to be an eighty pound yeah. guard dog. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And so okay. we want to have we want to have those rules, and that and that makes a lot of sense. That along the way, um, if we set those boundaries and we're pretty rock solid on them, well, we shouldn't have too many issues when it when it comes to um, that flexibility, because the dogs will understand uh, and 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 read us uh, uh, and and decide. Well, yeah, you know, mom tolerates this, so I can do this. Um, and if you think about any friends, family, children, cousins, whatever, um, if they come to you and say, you know, hey, can I borrow your car? And you're like, yeah, sure, the keys are on the table. And they borrow your car and they bring it back dirty and without any gas. And then it happens again and you go, you know, I I really would rather you didn't borrow it. And they're like, yeah, it'll be just a little short time. Let me take the car. And we tolerate it and tolerate it. That's the same kind of thing. Um, Every being is going to kind of figure that out about you, that you're tolerant, that you will allow these things to slide. Uh, And so I think that's very important. And the dogs figure it out very, very quickly. I was going to say, it doesn't even have to be that blatant. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they figure it out quick. very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so my 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 husband, he does not feed any animals from the table. Even when my Gracie was, uh, gosh, just so the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks, months of her life, um, he would actually he would say, "Here, you give it to her from the table." He would hand me the food. I would say, "Give her that last little piece of chicken you have on your plate." And he would hand it to me to give to her because he was not going to feed her from the table. And he has always stood by those rules. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I've always encouraged him to, uh, you know, hey, you know, she's almost 16. Go ahead and feed her from the table. Uh, and he's like, no way, not going to happen. Um, 
So as far as the rules are concerned, I think it's important to set those ahead of time so that you have a really good understanding of what's going on. With that said, uh, you know, should you roll around on the floor with your, you know, with your teeny tiny puppy? Sure, why not? Um, you know, shouldn't, are you going to let them on the couch or on the furniture? If you want to, yes, do it. Um, but make sure that you have a really good idea of what you're, how you're going to do it. So it's bedtime, it's nighttime, we're going to put you in your crate, you're going to cry a little bit, you're going to get over it, all right, we move on. Um, if you're puppy is truly traumatized by the crate, then yeah, then maybe we do have to figure out a different solution or having the crate up on a, on a, um, on a dresser or a nightstand or on a table so that they can see you. Uh, so, so you can figure out those solutions. Um, I encourage you to make sure that you seek out a trainer that can help you and support you with gentle and praise-based methods so that you're um, giving your puppy some really good, um, good solid guidance, but really gentle guidance as well. As and then you also, as, and then also some puppy socialization with other dogs too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So as far as getting your puppy social socialized, there's a, there are appropriate ways to socialize puppies, and there are very inappropriate ways to socialize puppies. Hey, maybe that's uh, a show. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Uh, but, but it is it is something that you wanna you wanna make sure that wherever it is that you're going for socialization with your puppy, that you are um, you you're you're being guided by an educated professional that can tell you, you know what, this is too much for your puppy, or your puppy is a little too much for this other dog uh, and that you are taking uh, many, many breaks in class and lots of um, praise is being uh, used in class, uh, you should not uh, be scruffing your puppy or swatting them on the nose or squirting them with a water bottle. That's completely unnecessary um, uh, for, for young puppies. Uh, in our puppy class this past weekend, um, one of our trainers brought his puppy into class, and his puppy was starting to get a little rough with the other puppies. And so we called his puppy away because his recall is really fantastic already, and we called his puppy away just before he started to get a little bit rough and and he started to learn that wait a minute at this stage I should really check in with my dad um and so it was a really lovely solution for him um in play instead of fully pulling him out of play um but there are some there are some uh uh, uh puppy classes that are unfortunately just social groups where you drop your puppy in and for that solid hour um, you can have your puppy getting pummeled by another dog and, and nothing gets done about it. So you want to make sure that you have an educated professional guiding your class. Um, so that, that, that piece of it is important. The other, um, another really important piece too is getting your puppy out into the world. Socialization is massively important uh, out in the world. Um, the uh, Veterinary Association um, has put out a, um, a statement um, uh, about uh, socializing, um, socializing your puppy and um, also vaccinations. Uh, I think that the vaccinations are a very personal choice. Um, I choose not to vaccinate or over-vaccinate my dogs, I would say. Um, <clears throat> Um, and I do, if I, if I were to have a, a brand new puppy tomorrow, um, I would absolutely be socializing my puppy and I would risk, um, uh, I believe that the, the risk of not socializing my dog, um, I, it's, it's too great. I want to make sure that I socialize my dog even if my, if my puppy shots are not, uh, if my puppy doesn't have all his pup, puppy shots. So in general, puppies can start puppy socialization classes as early as seven or eight weeks of age. Puppies should receive approximately one set of vaccinations um, at least seven days prior to the first class. 
Um, and, um, and, and the Veterinary Association also recommends a first deworming. Um, and they can be kept up to date on vaccines throughout the class. I do not, me personally, I'm, I believe this could be a whole nother, a whole nother topic about vaccinations, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I will not vaccinate in, um, uh, in a series. I won't vaccinate uh, in a cluster. So that means that I won't vaccinate with one shot with multiple medicines in the one shot. I will have those uh, medicines separated out. Um, there is a statement if you go to avsabonline.org. Um, they have position statements on puppy socialization and um, punishment and uh, a variety of other things and how important it is to um, to use gentle and praise-based methods um, and also getting your puppy out into, uh, into the world and socialize. So that's avsabonline.org. Uh, you can also get it on my website, which is trainingwithgrace.com, and click on the button that says Resources. Uh, and you'll see uh, a whole bunch of links, and uh, and that link is there. So uh, and there are a few other links on puppies as well. Uh, so that's that's as far as um, socializing um, uh, uh, young puppies. That's pretty important to make sure that you, that's happening on a very regular basis. Just as easily as you can socialize a puppy, you can also unsocialize your dog. So. If you bring your puppy to socialization classes and you get them out in the world and you get them learning about the world, that's not where it should end. All right? Cool. So once, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. take a break and then okay. we'll come back because that will then we'll go into maybe adults and where maybe some of those yes. holes happened. Um, thank you for all that great information. Um, yeah, again, when it comes to vaccinations, that is a personal choice, and you need to speak with your veterinarian um, before deciding any of that. Exactly. Um, and we will be back shortly. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Along hosting this radio show, I have an animal chiropractic practice in Denver, Colorado, where I offer animal chiropractic care, laser therapy, active consciousness, body processes, sessions. I call them energetic magic with animals, and that includes SE, SOP, and more. I also do verbal processing using the access tools for behavior or personality issues with your animal. Um, 2015 is going to bring tons of classes and workshops for you and your animal. You can check that out at harpersridge.com. What classes do you have coming up, Anna? Well, we've got a whole bunch. We've got 
Oh, my gosh. Family Dog One. We've got a polite leash walking uh, workshop that is actually going on on Saturdays. We have Family Dog Two on Sundays. Uh, we have a shaping class on Mondays. Uh, and what else do we have? We have agility classes on Wednesday. They're all listed on our website at trainingwithgrace.com. Uh, if you look on the left-hand side of the page, all of the current classes and times are listed and the names of the instructors. If you have any questions at all whatsoever, you're welcome to give us a call at the training center at 303-238-DOGS. That's 347. Or you're welcome to email us at Anna at trainingwithgrace.com uh, or info at trainingwithgrace.com. Awesome. So we talked yeah. about puppies. Um, a little bit of their clean slate and socialization, and now into um, adult dog. I, yeah. We have adult dog and rescue dog, and I guess, you know, I, I, I'll let you take over. I don't know if there's a difference. <laughs> if a dog comes yeah. into your home at age three, isn't it? It, it could be a rescue. It could come from yeah, a friend. You, you you could know true, the background. You true. could not. Blah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, blah, there's blah, blah, blah. so many different variables there with an adult dog. So you might have an adult dog that has been um, used as a breeding dog with a um, with a breeder that has lovely manners and has been through uh, some some basic training and has been a lovely dog in their household, but they're ready to retire them from um, from breeding um, at the age of three or five or seven or whatever it is that they choose to give up the dog. Uh, and, and that might be a very good relationship that's really pretty easy-peasy when you bring them into, their, into your home. It'll be more a matter of bonding and, and relationship building um, than actually training any particular behavior. Uh, I've had people that come to me that have had um, – dogs that have already done um, basic manners and rally and competition obedience and agility and they get the dog and they don't they, they actually know less than the dog uh, and and it's pretty fun to train uh, train an individual to catch up with the dog uh, that can be really pretty fun uh, and so as far as what they know really it's it's uh, um, you know you never know. You, you never know what you're what you're going to get. Um, uh, you can do some of your research. Uh, whatever you might get in a shelter, sometimes you sometimes you get a little bit of a history uh, in the shelter that might be somewhat accurate, uh, and sometimes it's not very accurate. Uh, so say, I have, have a blanket a statement that you should yeah. probably always question that history. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think it is important to question the history. Um, um, and, and and there's a. Um, uh, in general, people are not trying to pull the wool over your eyes, but um, but it is good to question that. Uh, you know, somebody might say, "Oh, this dog is absolutely awful on leash, and he pulls everywhere." Um, but um, but you might uh, you know get the dog, and you might decide to invest in a good harness or a gentle leader, and um, you know always travel with cookies, and 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 you start reinforcing the dog, and you might never even see a problem on leash. Uh, and, and the same goes for um, other behaviors at home. Um, uh, so it is a it is a matter of trying to figure it out yourself as well. I do encourage the use of um, uh, a, a, a certified professional dog trainer uh, when you are um, in, investing your time and energy and money um, in a new dog. Um, I think it's useful to have a clean set of eyes, an experienced set of eyes, um, to help you um, make good choices for your dog. And that's any new dog that comes into your home. 
Absolutely, absolutely, regardless yeah. of the age and regardless of where they come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, some some of the things that I think um, I, I think are important to pay attention to, though, also, regardless of what kind of dog you're getting and from where you're getting them, uh, I do recommend taking a very good look at your budget. And I don't just mean a financial budget. I'm talking about emotional budget, mm-hmm. financial budget. Time budget. Time budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got to make sure that you have all of those in in check so you have a really good idea of what you're getting into. And you've got to uh, make some, sure your family's on board with the budget. Absolutely. The absolutely. husband or the wife or, you know, how old the kid, yeah. you know, all of that needs to be. I like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and I don't, I don't recommend getting, um, uh, just going back to puppies for a moment, I do not recommend getting uh, two puppies from the same litter or two puppies at the same time. Uh, in in general, I, I I don't recommend getting two dogs at the same time. Many people do, and it's and and there's uh, not that there's anything terribly wrong with it, uh, but you do have to take the time to train individually and train together. Uh, it, oftentimes, when we get two dogs that are especially young or growing up together, uh, or, or young puppies, um, we often accidentally or inadvertently create a codependency between the dogs. Um, And God forbid one of them gets sick or worse, um, you've got this other dog that is so codependent on the other dog uh, that um, they can barely function without them. Um, So in general, it's not recommended that you get two dogs at the same time. Uh, You know, and if you've got two dogs that are elderly that have been living together for a long time, um, it may simply be nice to get them together if they're pretty easy already. Um, But in general, when you're when you're raising two young dogs together, I I don't recommend getting uh, two together. If you do intend to do that, make sure that you have, like I said earlier, um, the budget ready. So you want to make sure you have enough money and time and energy uh, that you have um, the the availability to spend time with each of the animals independently and together, and that you, um, if you realize, gosh, I'm in it over my head here, that you have the finances to um, be able to uh, hire a trainer. Um, and, um, and, and a trainer does not, you know, a, a good trainer is not going to cost you just like 50 bucks one time. Uh, you, you may be, if you have some serious issues, you, you're going to have to look into the hundreds or thousands of dollars um, as far as getting a really good, solid help and consistent help. Yeah, I had a, a good friend um, of mine. She got one Bernese Mountain Dog puppy, and then mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a couple months later, the breeder called her and, will you take her sibling, her litter mate? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, I had to do the math. I'm like, I, was I going to be prepared for when they get yeah. older to the expenses of what that breed usually brings? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, I kind of started a little fund for them. Like, I knew uh-huh. I was going to need money later for them. And and probably in the beginning, but much more, you know, especially breed specific with the Bernese Mountain Dog. They tend to have some serious health issues that she mm-hmm. was aware of. So you do, you have to look at the big picture. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's, and you're talking health wise. Uh, yeah, just health, just health wise. <laughs> oh yeah, there's yeah, there's so there's so many other things to consider too. Uh, it, speaking uh, speaking of uh, Bernese Mountain Dogs, well, uh, I had a a client that called me, and she had one Bernese Mountain Dog, and she decided that she was going to get a second one, and she did not realize when she got the second one, she went, "Oh my, my car is way too small." 
<laughs> she, we used to joke that she had the, the world's biggest dog and the world's smallest car. She had like a little uh, uh, Honda Civic with a little hatchback, and she was, you know, it was just her and her Bernese Mountain Dog. But then, you know, she had a husband, and then she got the dog, uh, you know, the second dog, and then she had a child. And I was like, oh, no, no, darling, you're going to have to get a much bigger car. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then they also had to... Um, they moved because they needed more room, more space for, for the animals. Uh, and so it did end up, um, you know, costing a lot more. Yeah, and people so. will even mention to me, oh, it's funny, we bought this house because there's no stairs, or we moved here for the dogs. And yeah. it's, it's part of the whole picture. And I'm like, oh, you're not the only one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a house specifically because there was no stairs in and out of the house yeah. for the three-legged dog and the little dogs and the senior dogs and, you know, and, 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 and it's just part yeah. of the consideration. It's it is very important to pay attention to all of those things. Uh, and so, um, so just getting back to as far as all the different things that you may have in front of you, as far as uh, uh, training a dog, I think that uh, um, I actually just saw a a, um, a statistic about um, training dogs that only about seven and a half percent of the people that have animals will train. Uh, which I think entirely too low. Uh, I think that we do have to spend more time with our animals. Uh, and, um, and as far as training is concerned, I don't necessarily mean that you have to get into hardcore competition obedience, uh, but I do believe that it is important uh, that you have some simple rules in mind. And, and some of those simple rules um, would be uh, boundary training, for example, that when you go out the front door that your dog does not dart out behind you uh, or, or past you, um, that when you... Um, are are giving uh, cookies, treats, or or food bowls that there is some patience. Um, maybe a sit, maybe a stand there politely and wait uh, until I put it down and release you to it. So like a release cue, like uh, okay or free or or, or go get it. Uh, things like that I think are important just for everyday manners. Uh, I, I think it's nice to live with another being that has manners. I expect it from my human child. My husband and I expect it from each other. We expect it from our dogs, uh, and, and we expect it um, from the people that we are surrounded um, by every day. So why shouldn't we expect it from our animals? Um, I think it's important to set some really good um, solid boundaries as far as uh, especially if you're starting with a young puppy that is not fully potty trained, that they do have, um, uh, that they are crate trained, that they are boundary trained. So you might have an X pen or a blocked off laundry room with a baby gate uh, or something um, to that effect where they uh, understand that these are their boundaries and, and that's where they have to stay comfortably. Uh, that we have um, things like uh, appropriate chewing articles, um, whether it's a, uh, squeaky toys and um, uh, chewy bones and, and bully sticks and, and raw bones uh, that they have the appropriate chew on rather than um, than being bored and, and, and deciding, you know, I think I'm going to go ahead and chew on the leg of this couch because uh, that, that's, that's uh, not fair to anybody involved who don't want them chewing on the inappropriate things, getting sick or... Um, you know, and we also don't want to have to, you know, have to replace these uh, pieces of furniture. So it, regardless of what size animal you're um, working with or what age animal you're working with, you want to make sure that you're um, prepared. Okay. Do you have questions? Absolutely. I want, something popped into my head, and I'm not yeah. sure um, 
Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully retain that. Let's go take a break, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll come on back and we'll talk about it real quick. All right, sounds cool. good. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again. Um, next week's show, my vet said my dog is neurologic. Can chiropractor help? chiropractic care help? Um, I have special guest, Dr. Rachel Eakin. She's a certified animal chiropractor also here in Colorado. So we're going to talk about neurology and how much chiropractic is neurology. Um, and we're here every Monday at Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Show at A2Zen.fm, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, 11 Mountain, and 10 Pacific. Uh, last week, we did Horsing Around with special guest Tanya McIsaac, um, and that's archived at a2zen.fm, along with all the other shows Anna and I have done on training with a bunch of different training tips in there. So go back and, and listen. Go, go. Um, you can reach Anna again at Anna at trainingwithgrace.com is her email. You can call 303-238-DOGS, 3647, and then her website is trainingwithgrace.com. After the show, you can reach me um, at drandy at harpersridge.com. My website's harpersridge.com. And I'd like to remind everyone that this information was provided um, for informational purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any illness. If you or your animal have a health concern, you are encouraged to seek the counsel of a veterinarian who is knowledgeable in your area of interest. Okay, so I had this question. I don't know why it popped into my head, and I actually wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. So you get the puppy from... um, a breeder. Let's just go with that. You, mm-hmm. quote unquote, do all the right things, and then something happens, and you now have an adult that requires different training. Does that does that occur too? Absolutely. Yeah. It happens all the time. Uh, and, and that's what I had, uh, was talking about early on, that just because you get a clean slate puppy or, or a... Or a Sort of conflate puppy uh, doesn't mean that um, that that's uh, that you're all free and clear to have uh, the perfect dog for your entire lifetime uh, or the entire lifetime of the dog, I should say. Um, there are many many times that people will come to me and say, you know, I did everything right. Um, and, and, and yes, there are so many people that will do everything right. They went to the socialization classes and they and they made sure that they got their their shots and their neuters and their spays and, and, and everything that was recommended that was quote unquote the right thing to do. Uh, and um, 
and they may end up with some sort of issue. Uh, it could be something as simple as a single event learning um, uh, experience, which could be uh, dog is eating out of their food bowl and uh, a book falls out of a bookcase and startles the dog, and the dog says, you know what, I am not eating out of a silver bowl anymore. Uh, that may have been something that got ingrained into the dog, and you're like, gosh, I don't understand. I have to feed him out of a plastic bowl, or I've got to feed him out of a porcelain bowl. He won't eat out of a stainless steel bowl. I don't understand why. Uh, and, and we and we never, sometimes these things happen, and, and we don't know why they happen. Uh, and, and sometimes they're, they're stuck with it for a really long time. Um, some of these things are fixable. Uh, calling calling an educated professional will um, at least give you insight as to as far as why things are happening. Um, you might have uh, one thing that I do see very very frequently is uh, you might have a, a dog that you know has been raised beautifully, just very gently, and 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 has been treated kindly, uh, and they start to develop uh, leash reactivity or aggression problems on leash. Uh, and um and and the family will come to me and say, you know, this this happened out of nowhere. The dog started lunging, and uh, and I'll have them go back and kind of recap and 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 um, give me the history on when did they first start to see uh, the problems. And they'll say, oh well, he's just so friendly, but he was just pulling so hard. So I um I started you know pulling him back and telling him no and telling him wait, but he was so strong. I decided to you know, put him on a choke or or a or a prong, which delivered the message message of uh, when you pull, uh, or, or this is the message that the parent wanted, you, you pull and then the, the, you're going to get poked with the prongs, where the dog's me- the, the re- message that was received by the dog was, oh, when I see other dogs, I get poked with a prong. And so instead of being excited about seeing other dogs, they could eventually evolve into, oh, other dogs cause me pain. And then we have a reactive dog. And although you may never have a truly aggressive dog, it might have developed some issues that were not there before. Um, so, so yes, absolutely, these things can happen um, with a clean slate dog, and, and things can develop. And, and like I said earlier, the single event learning um, can happen um Gosh, with a thunderstorm, it can happen with the backfiring of a truck, it can happen uh, with a, a, a door slamming. Um, anything can happen um, that can startle a dog or, or, or create some fear or um, reactivity in a dog. So, and, and you keep yeah. using the word can happen, but mm-hmm. generally these things don't just happen. There is that thing that occurred. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and and yeah. people are like, oh, all all of a sudden they just started da 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 da, and then you, yeah. I've gotten pretty good at questions, and you've gotten really good at que- right, and you start asking questions, and you figure out, oh yeah, it yeah. didn't just start out of the blue. There's usually yeah. something that does occur in in their world, and then the dog has made a decision that if I do this, this occurs, and I don't like that, absolutely. so I'm going to choose yeah. something else. Um, yeah, I, I I'm going to talk about my really quick. I I I'm like one of the I do pretty much everything wrong. <laughs> I mean, I hang out with Anna. I know a lot of stuff, but with my pack, it, it, it's they're, they're very respect at home, and that's pretty much and and it it's works for us. And so that's the extent mm-hmm. of their yeah. training. I'm gonna tattle on myself. Um, they sit when I ask them to sit. Um, the little ones are never quiet. Um, <laughs> the poodle came to me well behaved, but the little rat terrier actually was found cooking to death in a box. Mm-hmm. Someone threw her out in the trash. 
So mm-hmm. we go back to puppies with clean slates. I would have considered that not a clean slate, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah, she sure. ended up um, staying with three different vet techs and a, and a veterinarian before she actually came to stay with me. And she picked to live with me. She wanted to stay with me. And she mm-hmm. was the completely well-adjusted little dog. She's an eight-pound little mm-hmm. dog. And I'm like, how are we well-adjusted? This happened to you. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, yeah, that's not a big deal. Now, yeah. since then, eight months, a year later when she got spayed, that was that was the trigger for her. She hated going in the car ever since she got spayed. Mm. So what we decide are big things may not be big things to them, and then the other things that we think are no big deal may just blow their world apart. Absolutely. Um, they that look is at a things big, that's a great observation. Great observation, because that that's something that we often do not realize that it has value, um, and and it does. It really has value. We don't always know why, though. We don't always know why, and we don't have to know why. Uh, our job is to do a little bit of detective work and try to figure out how things work and why they work the way they do, uh, and then adjust from there. Uh, yeah, and how many people are like, I want to know it, so. why? Well, you know what? You may not know that part, but what is, and what can we do about mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, so then, as as far as that kind of thing, like it took the dog to get um, uh, uh, altered, and and then came back and had some issues. Um, that can absolutely be a challenge. There are things that you can do. So, in, in using, using that example, um, you can do something like every time we go for a ride to the vet, we are going to have some massive reinforcers. Uh, you may have um, what we call in dog training, you may have poisoned that particular um, event, right? So getting in the car might, have been, might now be a poisoned um, uh, event or, or practice. Um, sometimes you're, you, have, you have the ability to change it. Sometimes you have the um, ability to change it with food and reinforcement and, and play and so on and taking trips to places that are... Um, uh, that are benign, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we, we often have, um, uh, like I consult with veterinarians, and we'll have visits, um, we'll have like a yappy hour visit at the vet's office where we come to the vet's office with our puppies, and all they do is get cookies on the, um, on the stainless steel uh, examination tables. And we put them on the table, and they get to lick uh, peanut butter off the tables, and uh, they get picked up, and they get held, and they get cookies, and and they have a good time, and they go home, and no shots happen, and no neuterings happen, and no uh, <laughs> thermometers in the rear happen. None of those things happen, and they get to go home after having uh, a good experience. And and I do encourage those things um, even prior to you know having oh. a yucky experience. So if you can outweigh all. Uh, uh, if you can outweigh the good experience with a whole, I mean, I'm sorry, the bad experience with a whole bunch of really good experiences, mm-hmm. that can really help as well. Um, but that example is a, a classic example of, of sometimes we, you know, quote, unquote, damage a little something um, mm-hmm. in our relationship with our dog. Um, as with Molly, I've used a lot of the access tools, and now we don't mm-hmm. foam at the mouth, drool, and vomit like we used to, mm-hmm. which is, hey, cool. Mm-hmm. We still shake a lot um, if she thinks she's going mm-hmm. for a ride. So I simply ask her, do you want to go with me today? And sometimes she'll actually want to get in the car, and we do that. Um, we've done a lot of cookies. That helps a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then if there's trips that she doesn't have to go on and she doesn't want to that day, 
she doesn't have to do that day. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. those. We have yeah. five seconds. Love you. Thank you. Um, and we'll see you You're next welcome. month. And until we meet again, yeah. how much fun can you have with your animal? Thank you for choosing to listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Dr. Andy will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, just how much magical fun can you have with your animals?